0: Welcome to the Everyday Sniper. You got Frank from Sniper's Horde. Wow, my volume's up a little bit high today. wonder what's up with that. Anyway, gotta make an adjustment. Hold on a minute. I'm getting into gear. Just got back from SHOT Show. And, hang on, this is a little loud, a little loud. Getting blown out here. Okay, that sounds better. All right, sorry, I was getting blown out. I was like, what the heck is going on? No, just got back from SHOT Show. I did a short week there. I did Monday to Thursday, Thursday. I probably could have used the Friday just to catch up with everybody. Um, I had skipped shot with the COVID stuff. I didn't want to play those games, so um, this is kind of my first year coming back to it after uh, just that little short absence. Man, they changed everything. It was so weird to me. Everybody's booths were in different places. Like it, it was pretty consistent for a long, long time and then you go out there and then it's like everybody's booths in a different spot and like where are you you're not there and then with that Caesars now it's so spread out i mean you get somebody down you know anybody been there down by like MT, MDT and then the next thing you know you got somebody up by like AI and it's it takes you 45 minutes to walk that far just to get between so it wasn't very efficient to me, and um, you know, normally with uh, like shot hasn't been very precision rifle friendly, even though there's a solid rapid um representation of precision rifle there. It's not necessarily what you guys are listening to me gravitate towards, although there's a certain amount of it. I do think the expo is going to show that it's going to change. And the the things we put more weight behind, you can probably see at the expo. And then SHOT Show will be to kind of for the dealers and stuff like it it is. But it was, you know, one of the interesting things, I saw Phil Cash uh MPA. And he was walking around as well and didn't have a booth. And that was one of the first years for Phil not having a booth. And in his mind, he felt it was one of the best years he had um, business-wise, for his company and what he was doing, being able to go, uh, go out, meet people, talk to people, not be stuck at a booth. Um, so it, it's kind of important. But um, yeah, we got in Monday. We ended up, uh, Monday night, we stopped into the Hofbrow with NRL and Travis and them, uh, saw the NRL crowd. NRL usually does a quick little, hey, everybody, we're here at um, at uh, the Brow. And it uh, turned out a good time. They had a nice little three, four tables of uh, people. So nice little party over there. Thanks to Travis and all them for that. So it was able to go see it. And then Tuesday, we jumped right into the show. Um, it, Like I said, it wasn't... It it, it was weird for me. Um, Where would I start? Well, I would say like, you know, the the big thing, like the rumor mill and what's going on and where was the buzz and this. I will tell you, it was an uh, electro, I'm not speaking well, I'm just barely getting my coffee in the morning and waking up. Sorry, guys, I'm not speaking too good today. Anyway, it was an electro optical show. Like if you're into thermal night visions and variations of said things, and electronics moving in, like the the thermal and the night vision is getting crazy. Uh, like prices are coming down, quality's going up. It's everywhere. What they're doing, so like I had talked about the infrared and IR, infrared, IR. They're both kind of the there, and and I had met with them and did a little couple things on the hide with them. They had some really neat products. So one of the things in that electro-optical that came out that everybody was talking about was the sort of the EOTech um the hologram sights with that were thermal. So you had an EOTech type of um optic that was thermal. But one of the things that Infraray had that I like. Now these like uh the red dots that are thermal, they're pretty big. So probably like two and a half times the size of the normal unit, um, maybe two times depending if you find one. There's, there was variations of them, so big, small, more powerful, less powerful, whatever you have to say. But one of the things that I think I'm going to take a look at with the um, I-Ray, InfraRay g- crowd, they had a monocular. And it was a good it wasn't a big monocular, it was a solid monocular, looked pretty good and everything, but what it had was active uh ranging. And you know, there's always that with ranging at night and everything you're gonna do, and a lot of guys will chase the um the old silencer co-radius and things like that, because you can see the lasers and stuff at night through night vision and, and what have you. But this thermal monocular had active ranging so you didn't have to push a button it was always on and it was pretty interesting um that they're saying about 600 meter um I didn't you know the, it, it listed a thousand she said it was good to about six at night it should actually be better a little bit better further so I don't know maybe they tested it during the day and said 600 and then but at night it'll probably do more but anyway I thought that was neat and it was three thousand dollars for a monocular with a laser, you know, so if you're really into that night hunting, and you're doing all that, and so I thought that was a neat little thing to kind of give you it all in one, Um, and it was a solid monocular, Uh, I thought it did really well that way, but yeah, the electro-optical, I mean, it's getting really big, I I went over and saw Ang Lee at AccuFire, um those guys cuz like way works with them with the digital spotting scopes we use and he has a lot of uh, uh thermal and, and clip-ons and things like that so um you know stopping at his booth and i believe his stuff was in terminal list um so if you watch terminal list i believe it is aquifire kind of had his stuff but he had one of the things i'm seeing is they're starting to kind of get your front clip-ons and give them a little bit more eye relief and kind of mess with them a little, so you can almost use them off as a handheld as well. So that looks like a direction they're going. It almost looks like they need an attachment to me. It seemed like the fix that they probably want is uh, something as simple as an attachment, you know, to kind of thread onto the the you know the window in the back and then make it so you could can, can use it with your with your eye. But that that he they're starting to bridge the gap that way. So I thought that was kind of interesting um to see that. But yeah, talking with um Ang Lee and them and uh it, it's just it is. It's it's crazy how hard and fast that thermal night vision stuff is starting to come again you know it kind of came around and everybody was like oh wow cool but it was up there in like the six eight thousand dollar mark but now you're seeing all that stuff is starting to drop down to the three thousand dollar mark and you could play around in there with something decent you know what i mean not like you know blow you out but um that. so I thought that was really, really cool uh, with the electro opticals going there. The scopes, I'm not gonna get too crazy scopes. Um the, you know, like Leopold had the two to ten in the Mark V, a lot of buzz on the Leopold two to ten. Uh there there was a big crowds, a lot of people. I saw Ilya over there, he was talking about that, but the two to ten. Was one, and then like if you go over to um, Zero Compromise, I talked with Jeff, Nick, and um, uh, Robert over there. You know they they're doing the the ten mil turret and the no locks, and they're in the reticle. So there's some kind of changes coming on. So the eight by forty's coming out, uh, but there's changes coming across the board to give you a little bit more options: reticle options, turret options, locking options. I mean. You know, it's it's a joke, and one of the things I laugh all the time about in class. So whenever I go to class, it's unlock, lock, unlock, lock, unlock, lock, unlock, lock, unlock, lock. And it's like, dude, do we really need to do it like every time? Like somebody say, okay, put two mils on the gun, unlock, two mils, lock. And it's like, you can leave it unlocked, you know, but everybody unlock, lock. So it's like we can almost get away from a lock yeah, maybe get a zero stop, but maybe not a lock. Because the lock was mainly to lock the turrets out for the Horus, you know. But if we're not using that, um, no biggie. But anyway, um, yeah, the scopes, there wasn't a ton, a ton, a ton of stuff looking at the scopes uh, going around. So um, to me, the, you know, that was more like the Expo and then the Zeiss. And, but Leopold's there with a two and a half to ten uh, for you guys that are looking for that kind of stuff. So always good. And and then I get to see the Apex Optics. Again, Apex uh, coming up, making a name, OEM. I guess like I, I don't have a problem with the OEMs if they do it right. And some of these guys are looking at these things and they understand what to do. The reticles are good. They're not getting crazy. Uh, oh, and that was the other place. Um, it's primary Primary's getting big with the their optics and they're starting to now move from sort of the ar-15 i mean early 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 primary arms optics kind of reminded you reticle and things wise of sort of counter sniper you know it's like well where'd that reticle come from oh But now that they're working with a lot more people, I mean, they had a lot of influencers at their booth. They had shows kind of hourly and things and come meet this guy, that guy. But looking at their precision rifle scopes, they've actually jumped in and they made another leap forward. So um, if you like primary arms and you're into that, um, their their kind of uh, sphere that they got going on there, they do have some uh, OEMs that are pretty nice, and and not too bad, and they've changed them up, and I think they've become much more usable than they were in the past. So Apex is one to take a look at. Primaries, new ones to come, take a look at. Um. Uh. So that that's um. I got I got somebody just texting me. Uh, what is this? Uh. Anyway. Um. Hold on a minute. I'm gonna. You there? Oh, okay, I'm back. So anyway, wh- wh- oh, I hate this. I got to put my phone on Do Not Disturb moving forward, because people are just I like four people just text me at the same time, and one am I to put out damage control because it was like, this is the bitch that I hate with this industry. So a year ago, somebody took a class right last year, so now they ask for advice on a gunsmith, and we're like, hey, go see this guy. Well, then, between him asking and today, something happened with that gunsmith, and it's like, no, you can't go to that guy. And it's like, fuck, I hate when that shit... I mean, that's why you you almost want a relationship with people who aren't fucking coming and going and coming and going and coming and going like that. It's like, hey, this guy's new, he's up and coming, things are going good, and then they implode, explode, something happens, and it's like... Fuck, because, I mean, you really, honestly, if you have not gotten advice from me in two weeks, don't take any advice I gave you. Seriously, that's the way shit's going right now. If I haven't spoke to you in two weeks, don't take the advice. It's that easy. But anyway, getting back to SHOT Show. One of the other areas, so we're talking electro-optics and everything. Like It doesn't sound like I came back, but I've actually been gone for like fucking 15 minutes. One of the areas... That are starting to be up and coming is with the with the 3D print metal right and 3D printing stuff and creating things. So like suppressors are starting to come into there, and I met a guy Craig and Craig's a owner engineer with this Stinger Works and it's W O R X Stinger Works suppressor. Looks pretty neat, man. That like so you go there and you're seeing how they're creating these baffle stacks and and. I don't know yet. I, They all swear. They all say this. Again, I'm learning it like you with this 3D printed stuff because you look at it and it looks a little rough, but you don't know. It's like, will it hold up? Will it break down? Will it chip? Will it? I mean, I don't know. And it's, it's kind of like pressure with suppressor and stuff. But Craig, we want to take a look at Craig's stuff at Stingerworks, um, with, with that, and so I'm just ignoring that guy. Uh, don't even worry about it. it. It's like people are asking me stupid shit. So anyway, so I saw several 3D metal printed suppressor manufacturers, and Stingerworks was one of these that I was going to take a look at. I like the way he kind of modulared it. It's almost like a three-part modular. There's your sort of hub and baffle stack then you, you know, your or your hub, your baffle stack, and then your end cap. And, and the way they work those was pretty darn neat. And um so, yeah, anyway, that was kind of neat. But going into that same thing, because you, you think about prototyping this. So I ended up with talking with Joe Salvador over there. And I had mentioned these Voss brakes, right? The hunting brakes that have all the circles around them that do nothing, that just blow Gas and dumb directions and I've never felt any recoil management with them maybe you have I don't but anyway it's funny because like I go to the Bagara booth and every friggin rifle with like a thread has those brakes on it and it's like oh please stop why do you do that but anyway so Joe had texted me because I had made that rant on hunting rifles and these Voss brakes and everything so I run into Joe and he's got a 3D printed brake as well. And it's sort of a design like that. And it looks very similar. But then they're able to print sort of a, 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 a break inside. So the holes work. But they're worked as a directional ported. They don't look it. But if you look inside, there's some trickiness that will then make the gas go out the ports in a direction. So, um, yeah, it, it, it was one of those deals where it, the 3d printed stuff, like in the suppressor, like I'm, I'm gonna approach the suppressor thing with kid gloves. Uh, I don't know. I mean, and, and, you know, it's funny too, cause I even, even I didn't even talk to Thunder Beast cause I go see Ray, see Zach, see all those guys. And, and the big thing with these guys right now, I even saw Dale at elite iron since we're jumping in suppressor-wise what I was looking at suppressors. So you jump into Elite Iron and everything is the 50 cal suppressors, right? So you got the military and everybody's doing these 50 cal suppressors. So I'm at AI first thing and I go over and Dale's right across from him and I look at the 50 cal suppressor. And I'm like, whoa, you know, that's pretty good. His wasn't too crazy. It, It looked really, really good. So people are talking to him and I'm talking to him. And he's like, yeah, what's the minimum for your 50-cal suppressor? And, you know, he's like 26 inches. You know, most are 29, do a 26, da 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 and then, and okay. Well, then you go over to the other side down 45 minutes way later to Thunder Beast because they're on the other side of the place. And it's like, okay, you know, they're doing their suppressor. And they've been working on Mile High and AI and the suppressors and the ELRs and all that stuff. Their suppressor's on a 16-inch barrel. It was like, what? You guys got a 16-inch friggin' 50 cal and you put a suppressor on it? Or 18 or what? It was tiny. It was like, yeah, we're doing it so we can fold it up and put it. So they're rating their suppressor. To be like tiny, portable, big thumper. Because like you think about a PD. If they're going to thump a a, a a truck and they got to take the motor out, well, they don't need to carry 29 inches of gun, right? You know, if the thing's coming down an overpass or coming down the highway or something and they get on an overpass, they can thump it right there and be pretty close. But they don't want that bang, boom, bam, you know, the whole thing. So Thunder is suppressor... Kind of running in at a sixteen inch or is pretty damn impressive with a fifty cal when you consider everything. And then it's funny too, we're just looking at the carbon and all the stuff, it's it chunks up. It's pretty crazy what's going on there. Um, but god, I just now I'm, I'm freaked out now with all this shit. It's like like, oh my god, you give people advice and then they call up and it's like, oh no. Um, and it changes. Advice changes, guys. Follow up, which this guy did. So good on him. Anyway, so that I thought that suppressor stuff was really, really nice. Um, going in there and, and doing that. The, the, I mean, suppressors are easy. The, like, I like the new Ables and the Shorters and Fatters and the Arcans and stuff. So, um, it, it's definitely nice to uh to do that. I mean, I'm trying to follow up here. What, what other ones? I did the electro. I did the suppressors. And then I, I got to write down notes. Otherwise, I'll forget. Since I got distracted in the middle now, I'm going to not completely not remember what the heck I said in that eight minutes that got distracted because I spent 15 minutes fucking following up on all these text messages that came in. So I'm going to be uh, dogged. Anyway, Um, so... Definitely, so we have the electro-optics, the thermals and everything. The suppressor stuff was really cool. I'm gonna get a little, jump into a little bit, little tiny bit. Oh, scopes is what I talked about. Like I said, there wasn't a big thing with scopes, um, but they were there, like Burris had a new one, their fours, and so there's some modest upgrades. That was the other thing, too, is interesting, that Vortex doesn't even display there. So goes to show you where the world kind of their heads at when you see who actually didn't display like no Vortex. I saw Scotty Parks, no Vortex booth in that way, like no big giant thing. And then like Phil Cashin, no MPA booth, you know, so there's clues starting to come out with how to, how to work shot a little bit different and to get something out of it. So then, um, other hand, uh, where was I going to go with this? Okay. So Now some stocks. I want to get into some stocks. First, um, I don't even know where if I should jump. Oh, I talked, like I said, I've talked to 3D printed stuff. So the 3D printed stuff is really cool. And I think that's coming up fast. Uh, So there's that. And then one of the neatest stocks that I saw, like my favorite stock in the show right now was uh, Zermatt, Bighorn Actions, Aaron over there. Aaron did a chassis foundation hybrid. Sort of a similar material to the foundation, um, but in more of a chassis, and man, I just think he nailed it. It was one of the nicer chassis I've seen in a while. Uh, He hits all the elements, and it was over in his booth, over at the Zermatt booth and stuff, so Aaron at Bighorn had an awesome chassis. Now, um, MDT is eating everybody's lunch. MDT is insane. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a sip of coffee real quick because I got to drink. I'm behind. MDT is eating this industry's or drinking our milkshake or doing something. So I go over to the MD, MDT booth. And see Kyle, Martin, Keith Baker over there and those guys, Ryan, everybody, right? Uh, um, I think I saw Ryan. Anyway, so first thing, we know the new Elite Pros and the new stocks come out and everything that they're doing with the stocks and all just a little, oh, you got a 22, put these in there, center up your bag, got this, got that, make an adjustment here, make an adjustment there. Oh, you don't want it here, you want it there. They have a mount for everything. Everything. It's like all over the place. It's really good. But then they got a shot timer. And there must have been some kind of weird coordination. You get Kestrel with a shot timer, MDT with a shot timer. I know Chris and I are using shot timers, what we're doing. So MDT comes out with a precision rifle shot timer. And it's a training tool, right? Shot timer is your training tool. It's got a magnetic mount. I got metal barricades, and it's got a pretty simplistic, it's not like whiz-bang in, in the interface. It reminds you of a Kestrel, sort of that black and white, a little bigger, all that, but it links to your phone. And what you'll be able to do is say I want to go practice a barricade, and I know I need to get my first shot off, and I want to get it off in 15 seconds, but I want to practice that part of it and get my splits down. I can set it to say I want 15 seconds to get my first shot off. Then I want to reset and take me about another 20 seconds to back up, restart, and then do it again. It'll go beep, do your thing, 15 second, reset you, back up, come back, do what you have to, beep you again, go forward. As well, if you film it, it'll overlay to your video. Now, this is early, early stage. With MDT stuff, with the electronic side. They got the send it level over there, right? They got the electronic level. They got their shot timer now, which is going to talk to your phone and do some things. Then that zero electronic trigger. I got to feel that trigger. I can shoot that trigger. That trigger was cool as shit. But the thing is, is the future, These guys want to link and wire everything together so they're going to talk. Imagine knowing what that person's pressure, weight, duration, everything on that trigger press. The trigger will know. Now imagine if the trigger can tell the shot timer what you're doing and if the level can tell whether you're level. And then all of that can tell you what your practice just looked like. Think about that future. MDT, man, is on the edge of what could be with what we're doing there. And I think they're going to nail it down because, I mean, they're doing things right. But, you know, the other thing I noticed, here's the thing I saw with MDT. And I don't know you guys, you're listening, you're out there. I think they're having fun. It looks to me like MDT's loving it. Having a good time. I get it. They're Canadian. Those guys are always happy. You know, but... MDT's having fun. And they're connecting all these things together. And they're gonna make our life better. You know what I mean? There's a lot, a lot, a lot of things happening. Going on with the MDT and all that. That I I really... You can't understate what MDT is doing over there and the direction they're going. Now, they might not be there today. But they got a roadmap, and there's a model at the end. You know what I mean? So I got to give props to MDT, what I seen at the show. I think MDT is going to be out there. I stopped by Kestrel, saw that. I tried, I tried to get Kestrel to do stuff with these impeller lists and all that. I mean I know Kestrel's working and moving. They're not resting on their laurels and, and stuff and they're keeping their stuff close to the vest. But I really do think like these calypsos and that kind of stuff have the ability to bring us to the next level um from a Kestrel standpoint. I think if you link those things together, uh you'll you'll be able to see some really cool things happen where you could start daisy chaining and things like that. But anyway. I thought that was was cool as hell, um, doing that. So definitely like that. I, I, MDT, the stocks, I'm, I'm trying to think. To get into the stock, I want to kind of give a shout out as well. Um, met a guy at the, uh, we, Wednesday night, Wednesday night, right? Recon sniper. So Wednesday, Wednesday I go to Night Force. Night Force has their thing. Uh, Everybody got to sit down with everybody at Night Force, got to have some meetings and everything with them. Really good time. We go to the Speed Vegas racetrack, got to drive the GT4, see what it felt like on the track and kind of play with it. So it's like, oh, GT4 here, GT4 there. Okay, let's see what that thing feels like. So I had a really good time from there. So from there, I go to um, Recon Sniper at the Leathernet Club. So we leave uh, Night Force and we go to Recon Sniper. They're having their big get together. Um, Get together. Got to saw uh, Rudy Reyes. Got to introduce to him. I've always seen him and been around him. I never spoke to him. So in this time, I got to actually talk to him. He's doing that TV show, um, the Special Forces thing. So it was interesting talking to him. So I meet. uh, John and a bunch of other guys—they're like long-range tactic. They're, they're some of the influencer guys in our space. John does a lot 22, and he introduced me to a guy creating a bull pup, and the company's name is Senex Senex Arms. And this guy's like coming out of the military, building a, a top-to-bottom, start-to-finish little bull pup, and it's really cool what he's doing, how he's doing it. And in, in the way he's going about it, but it's nice to see a small independent guy going out there and creating this. He had his booth, not too far from um high and all that. And I got to uh, play with the prototype, but it, it's a nice little compact deal when you just don't need everything. So gigantic, right? So everybody always tries to crack that sort of bullpup uh, deal. and, and, I think he had a nice little system going on. So if that's one of those things you like to explore, just the engineering behind them, the trigger mechanisms and everything that everybody does to make a bullpup what they are, take a look at the Senate arms or Senic um Senet S E N E X Senate arms and and, and give him a look. I mean, it's definitely worth you know, um experimenting and giving the new guys uh some stuff, but yeah, it was it was really cool. But so recon sniper, we had a blast. Stayed out that night Wednesday. Oh my God, we stayed out like three in the morning. Everybody was there at the Circle Bar after. Saw all, all the celebrities running around. Like Chuck Lindell was being all silly and shit and, and jumping. But there was uh the demographics at Shot Show this year are so different. I don't know if you guys who went, anybody noticed. Looked a little rainbow parade, man. It was really weird. It, it 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 the demographics changed. And I don't mean like a little bit, I mean significant. So I thought that was kind of strange that it, it it seemed like there was that big of a shift in different people um buying, selling, doing, you know, just moving throughout the show. It it was a Dissimilar crowd, I guess, is a um, way of putting it. But uh, yeah, let me think of who else did I go by. Where else was I? I mean, there's a couple other things I don't want to jump into too far just yet. But I'm trying to think of what else that I, I I happen to saw. I did find Bigfoot if you go onto Facebook and all that. But all right, I'll just go into it. So I'm not too sure where the heck I went. Where I went in, in, in like sort of my highlights of the show, where I was with a highlight of the show. So for me, my biggest highlight of the show was Seekins, and that might sound interesting. Seekins, Seekins is doing a lot. Seekins has expanded. Last year at uh, at the Sniper's Hide Challenge in June, I stopped into Glenn's place. And it's probably had three editions since the last time I was at Glenn's place. So he's grown a minimum of three times. And he's addressing all these things so the hit comes out, right? You guys, the switch caliber hit, the you know, the, all that. And, and I actually have some hits on order. The Havoc, always solid, right? Great action in the Havoc. Nice hunting rifle. Definitely a more modern style in that. In in the havoc in the hit. So I go over, see Glenn, and the first thing he hands me is his mount is ready. So Glenn has a mount, a one-piece mount that's modular, does this, does that. That is just amazing. And I'd seen it before and how he's building it up, and now he has the accessories. How Things work with each other in self-center, how things are precision, kind of threaded and created, but that's not the key to this mount. The key to this mount is his wedge. Okay, so think about your recoil lug on the bottom of your mount. Most recoil lugs are past. They're just a piece there. You put it in between your pick rail, push it forward, tighten it down. You're good to go right? Prevents that recoil. And there's some slop. You you, you want to push it against the forward lug. Some of them move in and they're different size, right? Because you, if you pick rails out of spec, if something's not quite right, these help take up those problems. Well, Glenn created a wedge that you put your mount down, you tighten this wedge and it'll hold the mount without the clamps, really. And you can almost put your clamps at 10 inch pounds. You know what I mean? So it's 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 like a three point now where it's a much more solid, a lot less. I mean, cause you know microns and milliseconds, right? We're microns and milliseconds. But I mean it, it's got the diving board, it's got the levels, it's got the attachment points. He it has the same, and the thing is it's backwards compatible. So the rear cap, like your caps, the caps would fit with his stuff that he does for Vortex or himself. So like the rear cap is plain or you can change it, but then the front cap has different mounts, the sides have the mounts, and the clamping system is more or less your backup and safety. And think about like so much he's doing military wise and those M's and the different stuff. And I mean, Glenn is just really, really gone. I wish I can tell you what I saw in the closet. Oh, my God. Like Glenn's stuff. Glenn's a thinker, man. And I don't know if you guys realize this, but they're a co-op now or whatever. Like REI here in Denver, they're like employee-owned. So it's like he's reinvesting back into his employees, right? So they all get a piece of the pie. And, and that's kind of how that plays. So that gives Glenn that ability to go out there and work on these things. I mean, those hits, change calibers, what they're going to do. He's going to have multi-caliber. I mean, all these things are going to be coming down the road. I think you're going to see Seekins leapfrog from where they are today to the end of this year, where they are next year. So a year from today, look at Seekins today. Just just reflect, go back and say, oh, what are they doing? What do I, what would I, you know, where would I be in the Seekins, you know, world? And then a year from now, tell me where you'll be in the Seekins world. I think the Seekins world's going to grow. I think it's going to change and it's going to become something crazy. I, I I mean his crew is amazing, Maddie and the guys over there, and and just everything I'm seeing coming out of that shop is just wow, wow, wow. These guys are just starting to go, starting to go, and and so the seeking stuff is going on really well. And getting into that now, I'm gonna go in a little bit different direction. It was interesting. So we had you know Barrett get sold to the Australians, and they're not getting any any good favors from that because it's like wait a minute, Barrett. You just sold to an anti-gun country. They don't want their people having them. We can't. So what's going to go on? Not that Barrett, I think a Barrett never really supported the civilian market like people thought. I mean, the MRAD languished for years because you couldn't get barrels. You couldn't get bolts, right? And so it wasn't until this last contract did really any MRAD start to show up anywhere. I mean, they popped around here and there, but they were never supported like AI was, you know? And, um, so then you got the defiance issue and defiance was getting hammered everywhere. And nobody, I mean, there's the people trying to defend what they're doing. I see it where, yeah, the, the company's going to go under, you got a choice, dude. The company's going to go under, let it go under, buy it, fucking clean it up, throw out everything it gets when it's in bankruptcy, you could steal it. Right. Let it go under, clean it up, buy it, do whatever, take it out, cheap find out what worked what didn't get rid of all that fix it and move on instead this guy tried to save it and then taxed all of us you know what i mean so we had to float the bill for him to save it so he didn't he used like he spent money but then he wants us to pay that money back i get it and and that's a way of doing the business and all that but it's a two-lug action it really hasn't changed much they're nice, don't get me wrong. I have Defiance, I have plenty of them. There's probably one sitting right here. Nothing wrong with them, but they're not a terminus. You know what I mean? They're 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 not the new, you know, Ted's arc for $8.99. That was the talk of the show. Was Ted selling that for $8.99? The action wars are coming back again. Voodoo's got an action. Arrows out there. Colts out there with a bolt action. You know what I mean? So all these people are now jumping harder into bolt action. You know uh, there was there was a lot more companies that didn't do bolt action centerfire are doing bolt action centerfire. So that that's that's an interesting thing. So in these action wars coming around, coming around, if you're up there at eighteen hundred dollars for a two lug action, that ain't no different than the two lug action you sold ten years ago. E blah, dude. That's not really going to work out well. You're, you're not serving the community today. 60 degree, three lug, switch barrel. I mean, come on, man. What I can do with a Terminus for the same money? Hello? Yeah, there's no fucking competition at that point. It's like, okay, I'm going to buy that Defiance or I'm going to buy this Terminus. W- what are my features? Two lug, 90 degree, three lug, 60 switch barrel. What am I doing? Right? So, in the ejection port, bolts, the whole thing, I can take that terminus and be a 6.5 PRC. It's multi-cal. It's not just, you know, like uh, in its family. You can jump out of its family too and just switch bolts. So, because I mean, that's opened up. It's more, it's kind of like a fake medium action just in how it's been designed. So, it's like, dude, look what you're competing with. So that was a lot of buzz was because I know the dude's mad at the pushback. And so you had people defending him, and the defense is kind of weak. And then you had people who were saying that defense is kind of weak, and so the people defending him are getting more defensive. So it was an interesting dynamic with the defiance deal. Um, just all the way around the block. It was really, really strange um, with that. But I don't know, man. Good luck to him. And oh, this is the other thing. So he's got McMillan. He's got Defiance. And he's got MOA rifles. Where else do you think he wants to go? What is missing from, I got an action. I got a stock. What do I need to build your gun? Maybe a barrel. Right, so there was a lot of buzz. He's friggin' looking at getting a barrel maker we all use, and I think he's gonna mess it up. Who knows? Maybe not. But the, the thing is, here's the here's the, the trick. He buys all that stuff. He builds his own stuff cheaper than you buying your stuff, building it to compete with him. Right? You got to pay. One way he pays another to himself. He builds his MOA rifles now. His components are less. He can change things up, and and so it kind of locks the market down, and forces the this part of the industry to pay his prices while he can set his own for himself. You know what I mean? So, but I don't know. I I honestly go buy another barrel company. Don't buy that one. I don't want you to buy that one. That would I like that one. Yeah there's there's somebody else you can get seriously um anyway i thought that was that was weird but it, it it's like he blah i don't know i don't I, honestly i i used to do due diligence i i worked for investment banks i looked at deals i looked at all these things i looked at big picture and behind the scenes of situations for companies looking to either invest make bigger, whatever the case may be. And my Spidey sense is going off. I'm sure it'll work great for him, but I don't think the industry is going to, uh, be as happy. You know, maybe I may be wrong, but my, my Spidey sense just isn't in a good spot with what I'm looking at. So that's, that's kind of where I'm going anyway. So that was my shot that I think. I ended up leaving early. I know I missed a bunch of stuff. I was supposed to see um, uh, another suppressor back over the barrel, and I missed that. I was supposed to see a few other things that got um, screwed up. I, I'm looking. I don't want to say too much yet. I'm looking at an ammo thing as well. I, I may have found somebody who loaded something pretty good, and so uh, I, I got to test it first. I, I, there was a lot of people complaining about the quality of ammo. They want the SDs back down or, you know, uh back in the 12s and not in the 28s. So there was a lot of buzz about that. Um, you know, why are why are we up so high again? And and it's funny too cuz if you listen to Chris's podcast way, it, he was talking about how they don't even have it. You know, these are the experts. If you go to the expert in ammunition, it's like if they're putting out a product that's at 28 and we're trying to load and we're in the, you know, the eights to fives and we're doing this and trying to, you know, get our ammo to be this good. It's like nobody has it. And, and, and it's it's one of those weird little deals. Oh, and then the the other thing, I, it's like, man, stop cosplaying your dogs. Man, so many dogs dressed up and their guys are making them wear their goggles in the show. It's like, man, why are you dressing your dogs up like that and dragging them? I get it. Take them out. Look cool guy. But like you're dressing them up and you're cosplaying them and they're everywhere. It's like I saw more dogs dressed up. It's like the dog is the soft shell of the 07s. You know what I mean? When everything was soft shell, soft sell, and and everybody was laughing at the LARPers and the guys that were coming and all that. Well, now the new accessory is the dog. And, and it, it's the guys dressing their dogs up and wearing their dog as a handbag, something like that. But yeah, man, leave the dogs alone. They don't need to be around fucking 10,000 people like that. And everybody, I mean, everybody just moves in this way, this way, change direction. Oh, I'm going the wrong spot. Oh, I'm in the way. Oh, look who I just saw. I'm stopping. So it's always a big mess and they get tangled. It's like, oh my God. Yeah, man, I get it. If if, if it's your job, no drama, but if if you built one of those things and you want to take them out to play, it's like leave them home for the show. You know, leave them home with the kids or something. I don't know. I don't know what the heck I'm. But anyway, I thought that was strange. But that's kind of my post mortem from shot show. Uh, I I think I hit on stuff. I'll talk to some of the other guys and and see that. But yeah, it was. I had a really good time. Saw Roberts and his wife, and we went out with all that. Uh, who else? We hung out with um. I know, just a whole bunch of people were just running around being silly and having a good time. But uh, definitely a good show. Oh, last thing I'll go, I can't even go there. So AI showed the on-shoots AI 22. So that was at the booth. That is amazing. So AI is going to be moving from the 22 with the uh, on-shoots there. And then they're gonna be going towards the Fortner as well. So you're gonna have that stuff. So talking with Scott and them, they're really, really big on that 22 um, program. I think there's AI is just really into it, really into the um, the whole market. you know what I mean with the AX or the ATX, the 50s and the stuff that are going with the ELR, they're going to be they're gonna be working the ELR market. They're going to be working sort of your, your Hunter PRSC and the 22. so you're not only going to have great AI work guns, you're going to have these same great AI comp guns, and you're going to be able to turn an ELR thing or do this. I mean, it's just the AI stuff was really, really go, cool as well, sitting in with them and they, the, the prototype for the 22 just showed up like Tuesday night or whatever, and they were putting it together on Wednesday morning when we were in there. So you can go on Sniper's Hide. There's pictures. And, uh, you know, these these are going to be amazing 22s. They're using the original mags. So you'll be able to use kind of those old school looking normal mags. Like you won't have to do the big voodoo um mags. So it's up to that. But, um yeah, just the regular little tiny mags. In the AI version, but um, yeah. So I mean, God, I don't even know if I missed anybody else that I saw and spent some time with. I probably remember it and talk about it later. We're definitely going to do some podcasties with some stuff. I talked to Sam Carlson, the Wyco guys up here. I'm gonna get Sam on. Uh, I got the book that I have to talk about. That's going to be going pretty soon. So there's a whole bunch of things. Um. Nick Gephardt's got a new problem with scope chaps and those things. So I have a prototype of that. I'm not sure when he's ready to let me talk about that. So with Nick Gephardt's new problem or new product, problem, new product, uh, we'll we'll be showing that off. As a matter of fact, it's sitting right here and I like it a lot. It's it's a nice um little change. Got to visit with Saw KDX and everybody over at KDX, Patrice, saw Rob furlong, talked to Rob. Weapon Snatcher, saw him. We're going to be doing the Weapon Snatcher stuff. Patrice over at Cadex. I saw Pump um, over there. Who else did we see? Dustin from Coltac. I like Coltac. I'm a big fan of the Coltac guys. I saw Asian Dave. Oh, man, all kinds of people I'm trying to see. The uh, foreign crew, people that I took pictures with. Hello, thank you. Uh, Appreciate you there. I stopped by the Zeiss booth, spent some time with Zeiss. It's interesting talking to manufacturers, the direction they want to go for, I don't want to call it promotion, but education. Education came around with a lot of people. So look for some sort of education programs that I'm going to be putting out with some of these guys. I think that's going to be a fun little deal. Uh, some videos, some talks, some different things on the education side, um, just to help people uh, be a little bit more proficient with the products. You know what I mean? And and for some of us, it's basic, but for others, it's overlooked. You know, so uh, there's definitely going to be that element of it. But anyway, welcome to Monday. Shot Show Porce Modem. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for being part of the Everyday Sniper Guys.